0: to the right hand, puts her down, he's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to Warrior.
1: My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story.
0: emergency? Someone overdosed, what's the address?
1: I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Wazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Leibold. And I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. What is going on, everybody? Welcome. Hockey to hell and back. Episode number 96. Of course, I'm Brady Liebel. Coming at you guys live from beautiful Muskoka, Ontario. The snow is finally melting. It's almost rollerblade season. Who's ready for that? I know I sure am. That's one of the most freeing things. You know, if you can't be on the ice for me, it's rollerblades. I'm going to shut up right there because I want to say a big thank you to everybody that has supported me over this last two years. Today marks two years that I sat alone in a car on a borrowed computer with shoes from jail, with no money on welfare, had nobody... Yeah, I hadn't talked to anybody, honestly. Barely even talked to my family. Didn't have social media. I had no idea what was going to happen, but I was so sick of living in the hell that I was living. And I knew that I needed to get honest. And I really felt that by sharing my story, maybe, just maybe, I could help one person. And uh, by doing that, you know, it was scary. It was terrifying. I'm not going to lie to you guys. It was. Um, you know, people always say, you know, you're so vulnerable. You come on here, you talk. And, you know, it wasn't easy for me and still not always easy, but it was necessary. And I'm not saying you have to do it on a live or on a podcast or publicly, but it was necessary for me to talk and get a lot of that stuff out without doing that. I was never going to heal. And and since like once I was able to do that, I was able to find new ways that I had not tried through my recovery we're going to talk a lot about that tonight i'm really excited to uh, bring in riley cote here in a few minutes but before i do that i just want to once again say thank you there's certain people that have been watching the show since virtually day one when i added them randomly on facebook they had no idea who i was i had no teeth i was skinny i looked like i was still in using drugs there's no doubt about it i went back and looked at some pictures today and it's like wow Wow. Um, And, you know, I got nothing but love and support and kindness and uh, people out there. You just have no idea how eternally grateful I am. So thankful. I you know, often feel like I don't deserve it. Um, But, you know, I just keep trudging forward and your support means so much. There's a picture of me just over two years ago. This was probably episode five or six by then when I got this little microphone out in the shed with this curtain sitting there and these hats got no teeth. And uh, look what I look like there. So definitely wasn't looking very good. Um, And I'm just so, so, so grateful to all of you. If this is your first time watching the show, thank you. If you've been here for a while, thank you, thank you, thank you. Before we bring in Riley, we're going to turn it over to Team Issued. I'm going to talk about a lot once uh, once Riley leaves uh, later on, but his time is very valuable. So we're going to bring him in, but not before we hear from Regan Bartell. Thank you to Regan Bartel and the owner of Team Issued Limited, my former teammate, Jesse Paradise, who was my second guest ever on this show. And since that day, uh, we've been with Team Issued and just so grateful to Jesse. He gave me that chance to, you know, he didn't even ask questions. He just said, yeah, sure. When do I need to be there, man? I got your back. And uh, never forgot that, Jess. And uh, special shout out to Kevin Peterson while I'm here, who was my very first guest, now a scout for the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, but let's get right into this episode. I'm really excited. This is a guy that's been on my show twice before, but has not made an appearance on this show since July of 2020 when we did back-to-back episodes, and it was really early on, and uh, he kind of guided me uh, with with or without knowing, uh, really changed my life and, and empowered me to be able to go down a different direction, um, one that was essentially frowned upon everywhere else that I had gone in my recovery journey through rehabs and this. It was just something that was not talked about, was not widely accepted. And in my experience, doing such things could sometimes result in being casted out of these organizations or groups, which to me is extremely dangerous. So this guy, original draft pick of the Prince Albert Ra- Raiders second round, 36 overall back in 97, played his entire dub career there Um uh, turned pro, played in the NHL, for 156 games. He also won an AHL Calder cup championship. And I tell you, this guy fought everybody, put his body on the line, his head, his face on the line. I got some pictures I'll get to here shortly. Um, he went down a path that, you know, very, I think very easily could have ended up like myself, like I did, uh, or guys like Daniel Minor, who are no longer here. Matthew Wazinski. Um, we get injured and we're prescribed medications and we're told, Hey, this is maybe the, the way to go. And, and, you know, when hockey's gone, when those things are gone, we're left in a, a life of just pain and misery and, and hurting. And, and Riley took it upon himself to really seek for answers, not just for himself, but for the greater good. And I'll tell you, I am one grateful human uh, that he's doing what he's, doing and has done what he's done so without further ado my buddy from the nasty knuckles podcast founder of athletes for care and the owner of body check wellness former nhl tough guy riley cote what's What's going on buddy you're looking great man thanks for being here
2: you too man i was gonna say you you look great man you sound great and uh it's nice to see you you are vibrating so high so props to you for (laughs) sticking with it man fucking tough man that intro nuts
1: (laughs) yeah it's uh it needs a little bit of an update maybe some better video or something but that's the that's just scratching the surface and you know it's interesting Riley, because you know i really thought i was the only one right that that struggled with these things and maybe in some cases my story is a little extreme but i found out that really no it's not um there's other hockey players that that played pro hockey major junior hockey and that have gone down similar paths some of them who are no longer here and so you know, I want to talk to you a little bit about your hockey experience. I know you, you touch on it all the time and you talk hockey all the time on your podcast. And we're not going to talk hockey as we talk briefly about this. But I just want to give people a little bit of insight into your life as a hockey player. Um, you put your body on the line. I mean, we don't got to go through it from day one or why you started playing or anything like that. But take us, uh, take us through your junior and pro career and, and kind of where it led you and how you got to where you're at today.
2: Sure. Well, I, I grew up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, you know, within my age group, growing up playing youth hockey, I was, I was one of the better players didn't realize, um, you know, th- how great the talent was till I moved away at 16 and played in the Western hockey league. I was actually pretty humbled by, you know, the talent level. Um, it was a rude awakening actually. So I, you know, I, I took a couple of years in juniors kind of playing more of a role, a uh, role playing role and checking role and, uh, was never drafted realized that, uh, Um, the guys are getting called up. We had a lot of goals, had a lot of penalty minutes. So, 20 years old, I went to Toronto Maple Leafs training camp with the mindset of uh, becoming a fighter. I was just going to go in there, guns blazing, fight the biggest guy that I got the most penalty minutes, and that's what I did. And spent uh, uh, a good chunk of a good chunk of that year in the Central Hockey League, signed with the St. John's Maple Leafs, want to call their cup, and 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 then eventually just kind of took on that role of the enforcer the rest of the way, and uh, worked my way up to the Flyers uh, in 2000 uh, six, played four years there, again, doing the same job as I did in the central hockey league, just fighting the, the guy, the biggest guy and the guy, the most penalty minutes. And, uh, it was just a, it was just something I needed to do to, you know, to pursue my childhood dream. I never, you know, envisioned playing the NHL and being a, being a fighter, but uh, that's what I decided to do. And, uh, uh, yeah, as you can imagine, I mean, you, you, are tough, you're chucking him. Um, you know, it takes its toll physically, it takes its toll emotionally, spiritually. So eventually I had to bow out of the game and find, uh, um you know some some healing modalities to support some of the stuff I was going through some some concussion related issues uh you know some pain management issues uh just substance abuse issues i mean you you, you name it you know a lot of things need to be addressed it wasn't spiritually fulfilled you know you live in your childhood dream you're fighting regularly you're in this chronic, chronic state of anxiety it's hard to explain um yeah. but um you know it's it, it just wasn't fulfilling uh spiritually so I felt like I needed to, make a lot of changes a lot of a lot of a lot of sacrifices were made when i retired in 2010.
1: yeah and and you kind of transitioned too like you didn't walk away from the game completely you kind of transitioned into coaching the lee valley phantoms then of the american hockey league i'm not sure if they're still there or not um but you and you were there for quite a few years so was that something that just kind of fell into you naturally because you didn't really know what else to do and and what was your experience like once you left the game uh, as the role of a player uh, and stepped into that role of a coach and, and kind of how long did it take you to um, really decide that, Hey, you know what? I really, I got to look at this and something's got to give here.
2: Yeah. Well, it's pretty interesting how it all played out. So year um, year meetings in 2010, we just lost out to the Chicago Blackhawks in the finals there. And, um, and I had a year end meeting with the general manager and there was, you know, just being just being vulnerable and honest about, you know, where I was at mentally. I had another year in my contract one way, one way with the Flyers and, um, uh, you know, just throwing it all out there. I didn't play a whole lot. Peter Levy, I had to come in early, you know, earlier in the season and pretty much wiped out my role um, and it didn't play a whole lot. So it was kind of like recognizing I was probably gonna get sent down to the minors next year, even if I was on a one way contract um as it turns out the assistant coach of the phantom's house got struck by lightning and i don't want to laugh but you know it's just funny how things work out right and i I love shell shell samuelson's it was was the guy's house you know this is a long time ago but funny how things work out so this job opened up uh with the flyers minor league team and they were at adirondack new york at the time and um and, and and paul homer to call me up um after the year-end meetings and knew, knew where my head was at and offered me this job and it was kind of like in this moment where I just knew that like this was an exit strategy not just like okay let's just get into coaching with you know and, and give up on my childhood dream and you know give up on the, the very thing that I've been spending my whole life doing but it was it was I would say yeah a stepping stone for me to to get you know jump on the other side of the fence and um and, and kind of embark on this this quest of healing so it served two purposes it was like stay in the game stay close to the game you know a lot of guys in the organization i knew already obviously and then um and and, and then you know embark on this healing and separate myself from the game so uh, separate myself from the party and you know all that all that stuff that comes along with it so um it, it was one of those things that just like when when paul Homer called me i was like, like this is it like this is my this is i have to take this because otherwise I would have probably been sent down to the mines like i said and then i would have been bouncing around year to year chasing this this dream which i i accepted as being over right it was like okay now let's go heal let's go take care of some of the damage you've caused and not cause anymore before it gets really really dark because that's where it was going and i've seen a lot of guys go down these paths uh you know and, and you know and and obviously you're one of them it's just like an identity crisis there's something going on right there's like this I'm not exactly sure. I mean, my, my my specific situation is obviously different than yours, but there's a lot of dark stories, right? Um, so I was just trying to reel it in before it got to, you know, too out of control, and and that's what I did. So I got into coaching. You know, it was like not that I was expecting to do that for the rest of my life, but it was a it was a great opportunity for me to learn uh, a lot about myself and working with uh, other players, communicating. Um, you know, just studying the game, you know, I loved hockey, never really sat and watched that much video in my life until I got into coaching and it was, uh, you know, but it served this purpose. I was kind of this conduit to the, to the, uh, to the head coach. And I was kind of playing like psychologist and learning a lot about myself when I was connecting with these players. So it ended up being some therapeutic wellness on the coaching side, but, you know, I engaged in all the plant medicines to help me, you know, support my brain issues, concussion issues, brain regeneration, Going to cannabis my, you know, mindfully and specific dose, um you know psilocybin mushrooms um and the, the the whole bit and it was nutritional healing yoga and the, and it was all these things combined I just and they pursued this all because i felt like you know i started to understand wellness as a as a holistic package
1: so take us uh what year what year did you start uh, going down the holistic route and and start exercising the thought even of hey maybe maybe there's something in this this space of plant medicine because i mean it's relatively um i don't know almost uh accepted now more so than it was even two years ago but you were doing this way before that or uh, quite a few years prior am i correct
2: yeah yeah basically since i retired in 2010 i started banging the drum around you know i started with cannabis mainly you know hemp and you know these are minor cannabinoids and then i got more vocal you know there was there was a movement around cannabis obviously much 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 further along than psilocybin mushrooms but then eventually we're naturally leads into psilocybin. And then naturally, you know, it just leads into mindfulness and meditation and yoga, because that's, you know, that's, that's the world that it is, it's increased consciousness, it's, 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 it's it's quieting the mind and opening the heart, it's all these things, but it's, it's not just, it's not just taking medicine, you know, that's just like lifestyle changes have to happen, right? Daily behaviors have to change, otherwise, you get the same result, attachment, addiction. Um, you know when the, when the, when you don't control the mind the mind controls you and then that's when things get hairy right so it's uh it's it, it's been wild it's been wild how it's all it's all progressed but it started with cannabis yeah right right out of the gate 2010 I actually started yeah you, you wrote the hemp heels hockey there you sort of threw threw up but uh i started it was called the hemp peels foundation it was a, uh, it was a mu- it was a music festival i threw in philly that was essentially showing the different faces of cannabis in all its forms, you know, not just the medicine, but the the fiber, the food, um, just showing hemp as an industrial resource, you know, when most people think of cannabis, they think of just like, you know, smoking herb, like Cheech and Chong, (laughs) And and it's such an ignorant view because that's just like a small, small fraction of what the cannabis plant actually is. It's an industrial resource. You know, it's a sustainable, renewable resource that, you know, that was once heavily farmed across the planet and, and um, you know, and and basically I just went from there, that was kind of the foundation. It was cannabis and then like mother nature is nutritional healing, like hemp seeds as a nutritional superfood, you know, it's digestible protein source and all this good stuff that most people were just talking about cannabis as medicine, which is great. You know, it's everyone needs to learn that too. But you know, it's like if, if politicians and people can understand that cannabis is much more than that, you would think that understanding that it's more versatile. And, and viable than some of these other um you know traditional crops that we, we start growing it at scale right uh, but uh, there's a lot of politics in it all so i don't want to get all you know we're all excited about that but yeah what yeah.
1: what was the like in 2010 how open are you about this stuff and uh you're were you living in the states at the time were you in pennsylvania like it's 2010 it's pretty it's found upon down there all of this stuff based on what you talked about the image of cheech and chong and and all this ignorance around it um what was the overall reaction like certainly in the hockey community what what were people saying um or or how were you feeling about all of it uh, initially riley
2: well, it was interesting. Uh, so I really started uh, pushing the hemp seeds because that was like the most legal and acceptable way of pushing cannabis right at the time. Um, there was a company called Manitoba Harvest that I connected with way back when from Winnipeg and you know, where I'm from. And you know they had you know hemp hearts and, and hemp seeds and hemp protein and all these things. And they actually donated me a a crap load for the flyers. So this is when I got into coaching, right? So all of a sudden now I'm bringing hemp seeds and hemp protein into the locker room, which only lasted about 24 hours. And then, you know, the strength guy, the head strength guy, is pulling it out of there because it's cannabis, it's hemp. And so we get into the, you know, one of those like debates of like, you know, this is a, if, if you're talking about a hemp seed, this is much like a, a sunflower seed or a flax seed. It's a food, it's not a supplement. This is, you know, this is, it's a legal food. You can go to Whole Foods and buy it. So we got one of these pissing matches, but you know, unfortunately I have no, you know, you know, no leg to stand on. So they re- removed it and I kept doing my thing. And then and then the next the next you know um uh training camp, it was I tried again, tried again, and then it was like you know, that all of a sudden there started to some movement around CBD. It was kind of pre 2014 Farm Bill, so it was very like, you know, very, very um, misunderstood or um, there wasn't a whole lot of information on it, honestly, but these other, other minor cannabinoids and I just kept doing my thing. It was, I was, I was getting some sort of pushback, but I was getting a lot of like kind of quiet support too, where it's like, I see what you're doing, but you just like, you're almost like too early with it. Like, you know, there's just like no real uh, way that teams can, well, maybe with the hemp seed stuff, like they would definitely should have been on board because that one was a silly one, but you know, the <laughs> CV and stuff like that was just, it's too early, right? I mean, even to this day, um, you know, organizations actually ordering CBD products for their players doesn't exist. These guys are on their own and, you know, maybe getting some guidance from a strength and condition coach. But, but back then it was like, you know, it was completely completely unheard of. So, um, but then eventually, I'm drawing a blank, it was actually the year I, I landed up losing my job with the Phantoms coaching. It was maybe four, five years ago. I got in front of the Flyers alumni. So it went from like, I'm just like this crazy hippie to like oh let's you know let's get in front of the Flyers alumni all, all the old school guys you know Broad Street Bullies all the way through guys that I play with Danny Briere Brad Boucher, and basically did a cannabis 101 conversation around THC CBD other minor cannabinoids Pennsylvania and New Jersey's medical cannabis programs because that's basically where the hub most guys live um, and just kind of being honest with what cannabis is and what cannabis isn't and um, and it was it was very well received um But you know, still people, most people just don't do enough research, or still have this, this, this old idea around what cannabis is. That 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 stigma is still there, where they just have a hard time really like viewing this as like legitimate medicine, where like that's like the first line of defense for pain and anxiety and sleep, you know, versus like having to go through the ringer of all these other pills, and then and then coming back around and being, like, oh yeah, you know, get cannabis, you know works i'm like yeah you know it's like that would be that, 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 that that's what needs to be educated is like you know the, the one of the first tools to attack it with you know with with, with a, a mindful approach right or like understanding dosing and microdosing and really like just like very very um precise dosing because it helps you have a more of a a very um, predictable outcome, right? And that's what people are looking for, right? People drink a cup of coffee. They know what, what, what pretty much where it's going to land them up. They have a glass of wine or beer. They know exactly where, you know, it's pretty pretty predictable. You know, cannabis is like most people, it's like they just like it's just like dumping a bunch of milligrams down your throat. And it's like, oh, how many milligrams is that? I don't know. You know, it could be 100 milligrams, could be 20 milligrams. Same thing with, can- you know, flour. It's like, if you're not experienced, you just like, you just burn a bunch of flour and you have no idea how much you just burn. And then all of a sudden you're, it it triggers anxiety and you say and then you want to blame the cannabis for it inducing anxiety or maybe you just overconsumed. and i think that's like you know the direction this really needs to go is like really really specific precision dosing and if you understand that world and play in that world responsibly it's um cannabis is quite quite an amazing tool you know but i think it requires discipline and obviously education and there's a lot of work to be done so
1: well, I I thank you for sharing that, and I've been, you know, vocal. People on this show know that, and I'll say it without without cannabis, certainly out the gate. Like I was a I was a bad bad drug addict. Like my addiction overpowered everything in my life, and it wasn't. I tried everything, Riley. I think I told you this a couple of years ago, almost there, but you know everything, and it was like, okay, well, maybe I can't just you know get off all this stuff at once and just try to just white knuckle my way through this and I'm going to go to meetings and I'm being like these people like, oh man, like I tried it. I did it. I, I, I overindulged in it because I wanted it so bad. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, cannabis and stuff was like, oh, a drug is a drug is a drug. Like it's bad. You can't do it. So of course it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to do it. If I do it, that means I relapsed. And it's like, that's the whole way I went through my recovery from like 2009 to like 2020, 2020 you know, 2020, like when I stopped. And it was this idea of, okay, well, this is classified as a a drug. There's no possible way that it's helpful. It's just harmful. And maybe for some people it wouldn't be the right tool, but it was for me and you know, out of the gate like I I was kind of quiet about it like on my podcast my first few episodes I think I maybe said it here or there but then when I was introduced to you and got to meet you and and I was like okay I was like this it was it was so much easier for me because it was like well there's this guy like you know it's accomplished more than I have he's look at what you know his story all this like it's helping him and then you know there's others in the space too that I've been able to connect with but you were like the original first one and I was like okay like it made me stop Judging myself and making myself feel bad for wanting to, you know, have some sort of relief. And you were the one that. Came in and was like, "Hey, well, if you're going to do this. It has to be intentional, and there, you know, you got to know how much you're doing exactly what you just talked about." And that's when it kind of opened my my eyes up. So I just want to say thank you to you, certainly in the cannabis space. But if we shift gears for a second, at that time you also uh, introduced me to something else in uh, microdosing mushrooms, which is something that I'm still doing to this day. And um, you know, once or twice a year, depending on how I'm feeling, I will go do a, a larger dose um, in the right setting. Um, with it, with purpose, with intention. I haven't done one for, for probably over a year now uh, or close to a year. Um, but I'll tell you, it's been a game changer for me. And another thing that is not widely accepted right now, but you're out there kicking down doors, not just for yourself, but more importantly for other people. So uh, tell us a little bit about psilocybin and, and how that's kind of changed your life.
2: Sure. But and, I, 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 I,
1: Sorry, and all the other uh, great mushrooms as well, lion's mane and stuff, because people oh, yeah. don't understand. People don't quite understand that there's different types. I think so. Go ahead, Riley.
2: Hundred percent. I, I did. I did want to riff a little bit on what you said about um, you know traditional substance abuse programs and 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 their view on all substances, you know, bad, because this is part of what I'm trying to do is is legitimize mindful cannabis and functional mushroom use in re- rehab programs, rehabilitation, regeneration wow. programs, whatever you want to call them, because I feel like the traditional model, I'm not going to mention names of these programs, but they're, they're, they're like, they're, they're boxed in, right. You have to essentially be a, to your point. You have to be essentially a, a Buddhist monk to, to go through the withdrawal and to battle. The cobwebs and the darkness and there's no tools of relief to help you get through those real real hard times and um you know at the end of the day this is about harm reduction and eventually getting to a place where you you don't need it you don't need anything but like um i just strongly i guess disagreed with that model is why i kind of went on my own to to explore and figure this out on my own and and and, and thank god i did because now i'm convinced that 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 these tools can be part of um, drug rehabilitation programs and and whatever name you want to put on these programs. Um, because there's such powerful tools and if taught, you know, properly, um, highly effective anti-inflammatory help with anxiety, help with sleep and all these things that promote regeneration. So uh, I did want to mention that because, um, that's important, you know, for people, anybody, anybody out there, any listeners out there that are struggling with substance abuse, these are spiritual questions for yourself. It's like you need to have a, a put a name on a program or on some sort of therapy, or or can you can you be honest with yourself, understanding these substance, um, and and work with them in a, in a responsible manner. And I think that's like where we need to get to with this, because to cut people off completely when they're in pain and all this stuff is like you got you got to be able to use something. Um, it's hard, harm reduction, drug diversion. We're trying to like be 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 real with this, right? Um, so. Naturally, cannabis, as I mentioned, is is a is a high anti-inflammatory. Helps with, you know, anxiety and calms the nervous system. You know, relaxes the body and puts it in a state of, uh, of uh, you know, proper sleep, rest, regeneration. Exactly the, the way the body needs to be to to to, to regenerate for the next day and, and and for the future. Mushrooms the same. There's a lot of anti-inflammatory properties within these mushrooms. They're adaptogens they work with stress responses they're really good for the gut gut health and the whole you know the, the gut and brain connection that whole world i mean there's, there's there's so there's so much there and we haven't even unearthed most most of its potentials it's just like surface level stuff but just from experience i so just like to see how you feel and how how your gut feels calm and, you're, and you feel more relaxed and you feel more relaxed you're able to focus more you're able to be more clear you're able to be more present all these things that we're trying to accomplish but it's hard when you got the you know you got the the the, the gerbil mind going and you're trying to process all these thoughts and this is kind of like be helping you become a little bit more nimble in the sense of, of of feeling more and being more human versus just like being a brain and thinking um so these things just support um the basic basic wellness uh and for sure, for people that are going through uh, addiction programs and substance abuse programs, these things support healing, again, gut health, brain health, calming the nervous system. I, I would imagine y- your stress levels are probably through the roof. And I can't even imagine trying to do what you did without cannabis. Anything, I don't you know, say anything, because that, that's the problem. Is, is that it can't be anything. That's why cannabis is such a good tool for this. It's safe. You're going to wake up the next morning. It's safe. It takes the edge off. And then playing around finding that dose and i think that's part of you know the the healing journey is being is being connected to your medicine you know connecting to can, connecting to your food connecting to your environment your people community you know what i mean i think that's what these these tools help with specifically psilocybin you said you you you've, you've gone deep you know once or twice a year i think i think that's extremely beneficial if you can find a you know a, a, i'm not going to endorse illegal activity find a legal um space to 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 go in ceremony um you know it's 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 amazing what it can do for the brain and the spirit and the energy you know it creates um because again this is this we're spiritual beings you know and i think that like we, we we need sometimes we need a little bit of a slap in the in, in the butt to kind of like wake us up to the things that we 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 need to connect to to help us to help nourish our spirit, you know, and that is our, that is our food is medicine and ah, that is breath and wow. meditation and you know, all these things that are ancient, ancient, you know, cannabis is ancient mushrooms are, 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 way older than, than humans and way older than plants. And, you know, these things are extremely beneficial for, for the brain. You, you mentioned some of these function these legal functional mushrooms as well, like reishi amazing for the brain uh, and, and the mood. Uh, lion's mane amazing for brain regeneration just brain health support um the gut as well um cordyceps a sustainable energy you know that kind of competes with caffeine but without the stimulant effect just kind of a calm sustained energy so these these mushrooms are extremely powerful um and and they support wellness so I'm just pumped about all this stuff because it's not just one thing. You know, I'd be I'd be lying to you all if I just said oh, cannabis is 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 the the answer. Mushrooms are the answer. It's like it's all these things integrated with proper diet and, and mindful movement. And you know, I'm a huge fan of meditation because it helps you quiet the mind. And most people are a slave to their mind, and that's why they get so they get so wrapped up and stressed out and anxious is because they 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 don't train themselves to sit still and and find and tap into their inner peace which is it's there it's just we have a hard time finding it because we're so we're, we're so loud we're so we're we're so um anxious so all these things you know it's a, it's a, it's a toolbox we're trying to fill this toolbox with all these different healing modalities and and you know and that's one here it's one there like just simple things like drinking ginger tea how how powerful that is to like calm the gut and calm the nervous system first thing in the morning before we start jacking ourselves up and stressing ourselves out. So I know I'm going on a little tangent here, but.
1: No, man, I, I love it. I,
2: a lot there. There's a lot there.
1: I could, I could listen to it all day, man. I'm, I'm, I love it. I want to go back to, uh, you know, you mentioned about finding the right dose. And, you know, when you were, t- when you're saying that all I could think about is, you know, for anybody that's watching or listening and, and thinking, you know, maybe that the, being skeptical about any of this, uh, how often do we go to our doctors and just trust them? to give us the right dose of some medicine that has been cooked up in a in a warehouse or a lab somewhere. And it's like, here, take this. And it's just so widely accepted. And then, you know, you mentioned how old these plants are, right? There's a reason why they're here. Like they're natural on our earth. Nobody, you know, had to <laughs> you know, pull a bunch of stuff together and, and mix it together. No, like they're here and they're here for a reason. And I think it's really important to take a second and digest that. Like, like really for people out there who are skeptical, think about it and get, get your head, try to get your head out of, you know, modern day society and everything and get back to, you know, what you're talking about being a spiritual being and being connected with, with mother nature and earth and just take a look around um, and try to understand uh, that, you know, this stuff does have a purpose here. And uh, oftentimes it, it can, it can really be the answer. And, riley and myself are not the only two i mean you it, there are so many people now um that are and doctors too there's doctors now a lot of them that are, are using these uh in their uh, practice but still not quite enough um that i'm seeing but it seems like the barriers are being broken down uh, i want to get to uh something you did recently you went to uh jamaica uh for a for a retreat um you know people often uh Ask me, uh, you know, if I've ever done something like that Um, at this point in time in my life, I have not. Um, But another thing that people are paying attention to. So tell us a little bit about the experience and who you went with. And um, was that your first time or or how did it go? Um, Love to hear about it, Riley.
2: Yeah, you know what? It was it was amazing. It was amazing uh, from top to bottom and how it all came together. So the backstory on it is that um, that ESPN reached out to me. I guess, uh, cl- close to two years ago it was right after COVID hit. Um, and they were interested in doing a story on psychedelics and sports, um, then obviously COVID dragged out, um, travel was diminished and the budget for that was diminished. So we kind of, uh, kind of fell out of touch and nonetheless, I was to continue doing work with this company that I'm uh, an advisor for an investor. And, in, um, it's called wake and they, They're growing mushrooms in, in, in psilocybin mushrooms as well as some of these other functional mushrooms in Jamaica. Uh, they have a, a legal, uh, registered microdose drug there in Jamaica. They've imported mushrooms in the, to, into the U.S. through the DEA several times. Legitimate, legitimate company doing some legitimate things. Um, fast forward to almost six months ago, yes, Ben calls me back up and says, Hey, you know, things seem to be opening up, we want to revisit the story. ESPN's owned by Disney said we wanted, we we got approval to do this through ESPN, but we still have to get approval through Disney. So pause for like two and a half months. All of a sudden I said, Hey, we want to do the story, suicide with Mushrooms, and uh the, the brain, you know, we're in sports and TBI concussions, the whole package. Yeah, so I was like, beautiful. I and mean, the story needs to be told. You no know, no doubt. This is like for real. So long and short of it, it was, uh, I was kind of responsible for, you know, bringing athletes, uh, athletes for care is this, this nonprofit I'm a part of actually, I think four, four of the six athletes were, you know, in, in, uh, involved in that organization, including my, uh, former teammate, Steve Downey, who's a first round pick to the flyers back in the day. Um, we had a chance to play with, uh, for a couple of years. Uh, you know, grew up with major trauma. You know, watched his, fa- his father die in his hands uh, in a car accident on the way to the rink when he's seven years old. Um, he's b- born deaf. Major substance abuse issues, um, and he doesn't mind me telling this because, I mean, he, he's he, he's a beautiful spirit, and and he's doing well. He's doing well now. And then and and it had to retire because of concussion. Uh, went dark for like six years. I reached out to him like five years ago and didn't hear from him. Um, he reached out to me like four months ago through his girlfriend's Instagram and asked me for help. Uh, I, I want to know about mushrooms and this and that. So long and short of it is we pieced together this ESPN. Uh, it was actually supposed to be in January, but with the, you know, the Omicron thing, we pushed it back till, well, two weeks ago, uh, set it up. We had a, you know, a former pro boxer, uh, former for professional football player. who actually retired at, after the ceremony. He kind of made peace over this path. That's awesome. Um, Downs, Downs got his passport two days before, got down to Jamaica um, and we did this, you know, it's, 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 it's community healing. You know, there was, uh, I think a total of eight people per, you know, per uh, cohort and um, two ceremonies, two ceremonies each. And I tell you what, like, I'm convinced the power of healing community, especially with psychedelics, it is so, so profound vulnerable. You talk about being vulnerable in your, you know, in your, uh, in your intro and how vulnerable you are, you know, for people that are still real hardened, you know, the heart is real hard and, and they're, and they're not vulnerable because they've been suppressing everything. Like this blows open the heart and you're so vulnerable and you just share everything that's going on. And it's amazing when you share something, especially in a group of like, you know, eight to 10, doesn't really matter the size of the group. But when you put something out there, there's other people have... It seems to have gone through something similar in, in their own way it kind of like triggers like these dominoes of like ah oh, you know when you said that it really helped me make sense of this and when you were going through that it, you know i just felt like you that there's energy exchange and there's like all this crazy stuff but but to answer your question it was it was it was magical it was magical everyone had amazing amazing um outcomes um, you know, it, like, like downs went through hell, like on the, the, the first ceremony, like he didn't want to do the second one. He was trying to bail out the first and I was holding space on the first one. And I was like, downs, you got to get back on the pillow, man. Like you got three more hours. You can't, there's nowhere to go. You got to let this process. And he went back and, and toughed it out. And then the, the second ceremony, I remember like looking over briefly at him and he had like a smile on his face. He was like, enjoy. Like, you just like see the spirit in this guy is oozing positivity. Um, so like overall the, the 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 espn guys were awesome um you know we, got, we had medical doctors there we had head technology we're capturing dna saliva all vitals just trying to like legitimize um psilocybin for 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 dealing with any sort of mental health issue as well as uh, traumatic brain injury because a lot there's a lot of crossover when you're talking about these things right um so it was pretty pretty profound all around i mean it's um, I can't wait for this thing to come out, honestly. And this is not this is not about me. I am so blessed to be a part of it and have been able to kind of help glue this together because um, the story needs to be told. I mean, I've seen how powerful the, the the athlete platform is in cannabis and mushrooms is like you know I don't want to, I don't want to compare it to cannabis, but it's the like cannabis 2.0 in the sense that this thing is moving fast. And, and the sooner people can see these healing stories, the sooner we can you know move this thing along. Hopefully, Um, so. Yeah. It's,
1: uh, I, I love hearing that. And, uh, I love hearing about, about Downey as well. He, him and I are the same age and, you know, I always, uh, you know, watch him, you know, he was an incredible, uh, hockey player and, uh, played, you know, play, he, that guy laid it on the line every single shift, no question about it. Um, and you know i was kind of wondering too what happened to him to be honest with you there's been times in the past where i actually looked and like where's steve downey like you know i don't i don't know what happened to him and i kind of figured so it's amazing to hear that you know he was able to to work through that stuff and you were able to you know help him be there and, and others as well and like you know, i talk about this too i haven't ex- got to experience quite that level you know of, of community and that connection there but just through what i've done in this last two years like you know the real healing is what you know in anything lies in community to me like and and that is and and that's so in my eyes anyways it's missing everywhere in this world right now uh people are in a rush and they want everything now and you know phones i'm terrible for my phone like full-blown phone addict i can admit it you know i'm brady and i'm a phone addict now working on that i'm working on that but it's uh it's tough and you know people seem to, to feel like they have to do this stuff on their own. And uh, it, it seems to me when people reach out and actually start to do the work, you know, that's when they heal. So it's pretty, it's, it's simple, but it's not so simple. So it's amazing that he reached out to you. That must have felt pretty good, man, to be able to help someone through like that.
2: Man, uh, that's what I'm here for. I, I just love helping people. I mean, I just feel honored to be able to help anybody, you know, it's like I was... It, uh, I don't know how he was able to get the passport in time because he didn't have a passport nor driver's license three weeks before the trip i was like convinced that this guy's not going to get it he had this appointment he's going to miss it but he somehow of the grace of god got on that plane i mean he he did the work you know and he's the one that took the leap of faith because when you're that dark to get on a plane go to jamaica and you know to jump into a world that's like completely foreign you know Uh, this guy's sending me pictures of him meditating he sent me pictures of making green smoothies um you know like all these things that are you know super profound when you talk about healing it's like you're healing your gut your brain you know you're quieting the mind you know all these things that are like super powerful to to support the 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 experience and that's another thing I I do want to make clear is like the integration component of this integration meaning like all the things that you go back into your life and do and change and alter and 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 all that positivity needs to happen if you're just going to go and have a ceremony you can have some uh, you, can, you can have some amazing downloads and uh, have a profound experience if you're not going to go back you know and there is some healing to be done in the brain especially when we're talking about tbi there's definitely something happening to the brain as far as neuroregeneration regeneration if you want to maximize and optimize the whole experience like when you go back home this is when you start like. You're making changes into your daily behaviors you know if you're a heavy drinker i would i would assume the mushroom would be slapping you in the face and telling you that you know you, you need to dial it back and there's other you know there's there's layers to this stuff right so you have to go back and actually do it because if it slaps in the face and it tells you to all these things and you just go back to your old ways like don't expect your behaviors to support the experience itself If that makes any sense so like integration is everything it's the, it is 95 of it right i mean because I mean, there's a lot of people that just use you know psychedelics as a way to just like you know just to go have a journey, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. But if you want to maximize it, there is a there is a you know a a, a rough formula that you have to kind of follow to 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 sustain to sustain the downloads and sustain the healing. Otherwise, you're just gonna again you're gonna go dark and you're gonna have to go back there, and you know it's just like you know, this, you know constant chase. So, um, but. Yeah, he's uh, he, he's on it, man.
1: I, I love to hear that. I, I absolutely love to hear that. That's so powerful. Um, tell us a uh, tell us a little bit, Riley. I know that. Now, I only know this because you texted me the other day and told me um, you're uh, taking a facilitator course so that you know, you're know you actually uh, a little more well-versed. I feel like you already are. I know you've done a ton of work like this already, uh, but tell us about you know the steps that you're taking uh, to put yourself in a position to really kind of understand this and also not just understand it, but be able to uh, explain it to people and actually help them through it.
2: Yeah, so I am taking a psychedelic facilitator course and it's through a um a psychedelic uh company here in philadelphia or i'm not in philly but i'm 30 minutes from philly it's called sound mind center and they're they're right now working with legal ketamine um but the 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 psychedelic facilitator course is kind of like talks about every single psychedelic separately and and the differences some you know you know support serotonin some don't and there's like you know there's the different things to the brain so understanding this a little bit more in depth um scientifically but also um set and setting just like always about environment that mindful you know connection uh breath work meditation leading up to ceremony how to you know for ketamine just talking people through and you know and and doing some sort of body scans to bring levels of awareness helping them relax because that's what you're doing i also you know i also teach yoga and this is very complementary. A lot of the stuff that we're learning, you know, in the, the meditation, I mean, most people think of yoga as just like, you know, the physical practice of yoga, which it is, but it really is about meditation and breath work. And both of these things are talked about a lot in the psychedelic facilitator course, because that's what you always have to connect with. That's how you connect to the present moment. And that's how, like, that's what a lot of these psychedelic experiences are teaching us is that. You know, the present moment is the only thing we have you know the past is the past the future hasn't arrived yet but we're always like spinning ourselves out, out of control worrying and, and thinking and emotionalizing past behaviors and all stuff so um uh, very complimentary so super powerful uh, i'm learning a ton I, I recommend to do any everybody do something like this because you whether you're going to do anything with it or not it was kind of like how i got you know the yoga i took the yoga teacher training not having really a plan, but I got I fell in love with teaching because there was like something so so therapeutic for me. Like you have to be ultra present for, for like my classes are 65 minutes. Like you can flake out when you're practicing. You get your mind can go wherever and you can do a pose. When you're teaching, like you're cueing people's nervous systems to move. And, and if you flake out, you, you you're fucking up, you're fucking up flow for people that pay a lot of money and time for this, right? So, um, I don't know exactly where I was going with it, but like, there's something there was, that's what, why I got into teaching this is, and, and it's like a, for me, it's like a selfless service that I can, you know, to, to offer the community and just healing, right. There's, there's something very sa- sacred and healing, uh, about the physical practice of yoga, but the same thing with psychedelics. I'm not exactly sure how this, how I'm going to implement this outside of, you know, like, you know, just being a little bit more, um, educated around holding space which you know i've done several times but um it's just like amazing knowledge and just learning about these different psychedelics and like learning about like the ethics involved in holding space for people because there's a lot of weird misconduct stuff going on in psychedelic space where you know again people are very vulnerable in these situations so there's like you know a very strict and rigid way of like dealing with people communicating with people and if they're going through emotional purging like you know you make, you have some sort of consent um, beforehand that you're able to even put your hand on their shoulder because some of these people that you're working with have major trauma, sexual trauma, and a hand on the shoulder, even though most people will be like, oh, it actually feels good and, you know, I feel connected and supported, or that could trigger somebody, right? So you have, there's like, there's a lot of stuff to learn about people's psych, psychology and their trauma uh, and, and communicate appropriately. So a lot of stuff most people wouldn't think about because, um you know these spaces are very sacred and, and they put people into a very vulnerable state and they open the heart so um there's a lot of work around ethics um and, and informed consent and you know just all that stuff you know um, but uh super super powerful uh highly recommended for anybody interested in the space
1: wow um i do as well and i'm nowhere near well versed or Anything like that, but I can just speak on my experience. It's it honestly has been such a, a game changer. All of it. Uh the cannabis, uh, the the microdosing, the the macrodosing is what I call it. I don't know what you guys what the is that the right word for it? Macrodose? I have no idea. I just
2: yeah, you call it macrodose. <laughs> you use like ceremony. ceremony. Yeah.
1: Yeah. ceremony. Yeah, I like ceremony I like ceremony. Ceremony is a good word. Um, you know, my my friend and I actually former goalie um the pro goalie played in the dub as well for the calgary hitman he's got a he's got just bought uh like a 98 acre farm and he's got cows and goats and a bunkie with a sauna and it's right on the river it's still cold here we can cold plunge in and out we're going to do that uh coming up here in in the next week or so um we're trying to find a day um to do that and that you know have a fire and and just talk and and do all that and breath work all that stuff so I'm, i'm really looking forward to that and um you know i i wonder um riley you know if, if you've had a you know a real good chance to really reflect on like how how important this stuff i'm sure you have but i just want to reiterate for people um how much this has changed your life and we hate to look back but where where's riley cote without this form of healing today do you think
2: oh man uh, you know what N- knowing what i know and seeing the dark path that was you know that well i i lived it for a while um it could have gotten a lot darker for sure i'm not sure i i i think i might be belly up somewhere honestly because the way i was drinking the way i was living was not you know it didn't support life you know it was just like it was just the human body the human spirit is just trying to survive i mean you're a perfect example of it man It's like hard to kill, you know, the, it's like, we, it's like, what's the old saying? It's like, we don't die. We kill ourselves. Right. is basically what happens, you know, and we, we kill ourselves through a lot of different reasons, but it's, it's substance abuse, whether it's diet, you know, a lot of poison and diet, you know, and a lot of chemicals and diet. And then, and then obviously the obvious drugs, right. Alcohol. <clears throat> but like you have to, you you have to align some somewhat with, the laws of nature to actually give the human body and mind and spirit a chance to live right the body is just like just trying to survive we just like we just beat ourselves down and we just kill ourselves so the way i was going it wasn't supporting life i mean uh i mean it's it's, it's hard it's hard to say but um you know you talk about spiritually fulfilling path that was not one and and i on and i'm on one so again when you're on that path it just, it promotes mental wellness and spiritual wellness. So it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say the way I was going. It, it was it was it wasn't gonna end good. Not will tell you the honest truth. So.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm so thankful for so many reasons um, that you decided to go that other path. And I'm sure there's, there's many other people out there that that you've helped, um, either directly or indirectly. Um, there's, there's absolutely no question. Um, before we let you go, I know your time, you're probably you're a super busy guy. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you have going on uh, with maybe body check wellness. And, um, you know, maybe a place uh, before we get into that, you can we can plug your podcast not that you need my plug here but check out his podcast it's awesome nasty knuckles podcast um tell us a little bit yeah about what you're doing and then i'll remember uh when my thought comes back about what i was actually going to ask you
2: <laughs> yeah sure so um the biggest project i have going on right now is building out a uh, a cannabinoid extraction facility um on a state university's campus in pennsylvania and it's the oldest historically black university in the u.s called cheney university so we're building out this extraction facility um and then building out a cannabis curriculum for the school so there's the a wow wow yeah yeah, social justice and, and empowering the black community through cannabis. And, and and there's a cultivation component. There's a extraction component, marketing formulation, kind of like the whole process business of cannabis and, and the whole bit. So that's well, that's been in the works throughout COVID. We actually, we actually started the project before COVID, but then, you know, when COVID hit, it just wiped out some of the grant money and, and, uh, and put a kink in the project, but here we are. And phase one is the cannabinoids. Cannabis curriculum, but phase two is mushrooms, um, and and essentially doing the same thing, getting into mushroom extraction, starting with legal mushrooms, we start with lion's mane specifically, and then we're gonna use Wake's intelligence, uh, where we're piecing together how Wake is gonna come in and be the mushroom intelligence uh, for for that side of things, and then get into compounding mushrooms, um, again legal ones um and and cannabinoids, legal ones under the farm bill, um, and um, and for just general formulations and. And and uh, and do that and try and uh, and try and elevate the the world of brain regeneration and mental health right through again through cannabis and and through uh, mushroom compounding. So that's the biggest thing, just trying to tie all these projects together. Body check would fit fits into this basically body checks, body check now becomes vertically integrated under this model. Um, So, um, yeah, it's been, been been a long time coming. A lot of, uh, just a lot of <laughs> empty conversations feeling it's going nowhere, but finally it's, uh, it's moving along. We got like 90% of the, uh, the extraction equipment, uh, now delivered, just waiting on one more county approval. And then just like, you know, just, there's ethanol involved. So you have to get approvals and all that good stuff. But yeah, that's, that's the biggest one. Just trying to just, again, just normalize cannabis through, through education in this case, and, uh. Again, the, the black community has been historically the most affected by cannabis prohibition. So naturally, you do want to start by by helping the black community thrive through cannabis, right? There's a reparations element to this. Um, I love it.
1: I love yeah. I love that man. That's in that's honestly incredible. Um, that's amazing. Uh, you know, I think you're a you're an amazing soul, Riley. There's no doubt about it. And uh, it takes a special person to kind of to, to do all of this and, and also just to recognize um that you know the real the real strength is in community and you're out there and you're making a difference not just for yourself but for other people and and how you know spiritually rewarding is that really at the end of the day you help others but internally it feels really really good. I always encourage people in any capacity if you can get out and make a difference today, whether it's volunteering or just you know saying hi to a homeless person. Like legitimately I'll stop and have a conversation with a homeless person just to let them know that hey I see you and I'm not just like Walking past you like ah, don't look at me like most people do. you know, yeah. is it gonna save that person? no, but does it make them feel better for five minutes maybe and that sometimes that can spark you just never know. Um, but I thank you for your heart. if anybody um you know wants to to maybe try this, I know you're in the states and it's a little different trying to get things to Canada and all that stuff. but uh, if somebody is is thinking uh, about this, what would be their first step, Riley?
2: for the uh, for the wake, the mushrooms? yeah yeah so uh check out wake.net and then uh we'll be posting some some upcoming retreats and the idea is by the fall or um by by summertime that every week we'll be having them so we just we got, we got kind of started back up um because of covid again just the travel and the, the whole you know weirdness around that but now the, the the plan is to have these things going all the time so wake.net and then there's this information on the retreats and um, there, there's going to be, you know, a four day retreat and a seven day, one ceremony, two ceremonies, there's going to be options that way. And so just check out, just check out weight.com. That would be the best bet and stay tuned and what they got going on. There's a lot of interesting, uh, interesting updates coming up, especially with their relationship with, uh, the Libra Institute, Lieber institutes associated with Johns Hopkins university, and they have the largest, uh, l- largest database of genetically profiled brains. So the idea of uh, kind of what we talked about earlier, but a little bit more scientific is, is precision medicine, essentially, um, looking at the person's genome and their genetics and, and finding proper dosing, um, accordingly, or some people really shouldn't be using psychedelics at all. If they're, you know, they're extreme bipolar, there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's not a ton of different conditions, but there's a few. So understanding what people are going through, understanding their genetic makeup, and then um and and then um you know tailoring a dose and a protocol based on their genetics so lots of stuff coming out in regards to that but um yeah wake.net all kinds of information
1: wake.net i'll make sure it's in the description if you're listening on the audio after Since where most people catch this show still after two years and they don't like watching the live videos we still get some views here we had a couple thousand last last one which was nice three 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 and a half three I can talk 3,500 people on Facebook, which was uh, which was kind of nice uh, just to just to see the the people watching the videos. But the audio has done quite well, so thank you to everybody listening on audio. If you're listening, uh, the link will be a clickable link uh, to wake.net and uh, links to uh, to Riley's social medias, um, uh, Body Check Wellness, Athletes for Care, all that stuff. Make sure you go uh, follow them. Go check out his podcast. Do you have specific days you release your podcast, Riley?
2: We aim for Wednesday a couple times. We've, we've bumped it to Thursday, just some, some issues, but, uh, yeah, Wednesday is usually when we drop it.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you have some great guests on there. Scott Hartnell was your, your latest guest, right?
2: Yeah. We just dropped that yesterday. Yeah.
1: Awesome. yeah. Uh, yeah make sure you guys check it out. You got, uh, you got a lot of stuff on the go. Keep me updated. I don't know how much I can help you because it seems like you're uh, you're the king of this space, kinda. Uh, without feeding you, you know what I mean, though. I'm not saying that for for hockey players, anyways. In the hockey community, you're one of the the leaders, let's say. Um, but if there's anything that I can do to, to support you, I, I'm I'm with you 100, uh, percent all the way. Um, if you ever need somebody else. To come kick down some doors and share their story to say hey look this is this is powerful you know i'm right here i um, really grateful for you just the person you are it's incredible to hear your story and to see the transformation and and just really it i feel like it just came down to following your heart and and following your spirit and and, and so many people that i know it just seem like they can't even grasp that and it's um and i certainly haven't come to grasp all of it either but i i understand it a little bit um, and for people that don't so I just look at them and I, I honestly feel sorry for them um, that they're so caught up in this rat race so what do you have to lose what do you have to lose right
2: well that's it I mean but you know what you, you do get it because that's what's keeping you alive is, is that purpose you I mean you're doing selfless work you're you're helping a lot of people you're being vulnerable you're, you're spreading the good word and raising awareness um, so Naturally, it's going to get keep getting better for you because your 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 karma is good, right? And it's just going to keep getting better as long as you keep your mind healthy and keep your mind on, you know, on, on something creative and productive like you are. Um, you, you know, you're doing exactly what you need to be be doing, and you're exactly where you need to be. You know, healing and growing is not is not something that should be rushed. You know, um, so keep keep up keep up everything you got going on there, and um, you're doing amazing work.
1: Thank, thanks, buddy. And uh, we'll be in touch. Uh, you know, keep in touch and like, love love seeing what's going on. And uh, next time you're on, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Athletes for Care. We touched on that in the first two episodes. And uh, I've been uh, fortunate enough to sit in a couple meetings back a few months ago, or maybe like a year ago now, but just to see um, what you guys are doing in that space and just the, the people who have come together. Um, you know who share the same vision it's pretty incredible and it just continually growing so keep it up man keep knocking down doors for people like me because I'm super grateful you honestly played a huge part in my recovery because I was freaking out about you know people find out that I'm you know using cannabis like I am and and sure I was misusing it but I was I was I was lost I just needed something Um, I'm I'm certainly in a different place today um, but you allowed me the, the strength um, and kind of the courage to keep, you know, just following my heart because it felt right oh, to yeah. me. But I was, I was worried about other people. Then you also showed me what it's like to to use with intention. So and I still have a, a ways to go with that. But it's a process, right? It's no perfection. So thank you. Thank you, Riley. You're an awesome you, guy, man. man. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon, buddy.
2: Sounds good. Good seeing you. You thank too, you. man
1: awesome i could talk to riley all day i just i didn't have a chance to ask him how much time he had before the show and i try to keep people uh, on an hour we've been going an hour and five um thank you to riley cote former nhl tough guy thank you for all of you guys if you're watching live we're gonna get to some comments i'm gonna talk for a little bit here i don't know what i'm gonna talk about but that's often the case we'll be right back after we hear from steve buckley and our good
0: friends over at Pride Tape. Hockey to Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates coaches and fans in the lgbtq community by wrapping your stick with pride tape every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond inclusion starts with leadership check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org check out pride tape at pridetape.com for more information you can send an email to aubrey at pridetape.com that's A U B R E E Aubrey at Pride Tape.com. You can find Pride Tape on Facebook.com slash Pride Tape, on Twitter at pridetape and at Pride Tape on Instagram. Pride Tape thanks all of you for being champions for change. Thank you to our friends
1: over there. At Pride Tape, love you guys. They've been su- huge supporters. Wow, I can't figure that out. It's upside down. Uh, do your part. Hockey is for everyone. Uh, I've talked about this quite a few times. Hockey. Pride Tape, yes, initially started uh, for the LGBTQ2 plus community. I think I said that right. Um, but it's it's really evolved into so much more than just that. It's it's really about equality in hockey, inclusion, non-bullying, all that stuff. And uh, incredible people. Follow them on social media at Pride Tape. A lot of local hockey sto- stores carry it as well. So take a look for it. I always have it on the knob of my stick. Actually, I actually have a stick right here. This is the uh, OG Puck Support True Catalyst 9X. And always, always, always on the knob of my stick. Shout out to my buddy, Curtis Gabriel. Playing with the Rockford Ice Hogs in the American Hockey League. He's coming on the show again soon. I had a great chat with him for like the, an hour the other night. He's the reason why I'm linked up with Pride Tape, and he's a leader in that space with his good friend, Brock McGillis, also a friend of the show. All right. I want to get back to a couple of things. I, uh, you know, I, I say this a lot. I, I say this a lot. Um, I know I repeat myself a lot. But honestly from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you to everyone, all my past guests, everyone that's listened or watched, people from day one, like David Carlson, Tammy, Schultz, Chin, I don't want to just single a couple people out, but I know they're watching or they were. They had no idea who I was. They've been supporting me from basically day one. And there's quite a few of you guys. And it's not just about the people who have been there from day one. If this is your first time watching or listening, thank you. Without this podcast, without taking a chance and starting the podcast two years ago today, there is no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind that I am not alive. That was the reality of my life. I still can't tell you why I started this podcast. It was honestly like I was called to do it. want to share, I think I shared this story in, in previous episodes. But this one story, people ask me about a spiritual awakening and what happened, Brady? How did you get clean? Did you go to rehab? Did you go to detox? Are you doing meetings? Do you have a sponsor? This time around, the answer was no, 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 and no not that there's anything wrong with that it works for a lot of people it just didn't work for me i had no idea what i had to do and i'm sorry if i'm repeating myself for people that have heard this story but i think i'll dig a little deeper and get a little more vocal and visual and and go into a little more detail just about what was going on that night just over two years ago as many of you guys know, I was fresh out of jail and uh, I was struggling. I was struggling big time. I wasn't just addicted addicted to substances. I was addicted to that lifestyle. There's a lot that comes with uh, my story through doing crime to commit or sorry, to committing crimes to support my addiction. You know, it, I don't even know how to say it, but I was addicted to that life too, because that's all I knew. It was my identity. I didn't know who I was. So I was about, I guess, a month clean-ish, but I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't have a plan. I was like, I'm going to get a job. I got to do this. I'm going to do that. I have no money, like zero money, like not even, I didn't have a bank account, didn't have a dollar to my name and i found out taylor was pregnant with veda and i actually thought that it would be a good idea to maybe go back to jail and try to sneak some stuff in and i'm going to dig into this in my book there's stories about stuff that i've done that would blow your mind But I thought I could make some money by taking some tobacco and some weed into jail. Don't ask how. You could figure it out yourselves. Because I was lost. Like I actually wanted to go back to jail because I was more comfortable in there. I just spent three years. It was weird being out. I was institutionalized. I felt super comfortable in there. I did as far as jail goes. Not sure it goes any better. It was horrible though. but I was so lost. So I remember I told Taylor, I was like, well, I'm gonna go do whatever, I'm gonna try to make some money, but if I get caught, well, I'm going to jail, but don't worry, cause I'll have stuff when I get in there. And, and I promise that the only thing I ever, ever thought about bringing into a place like that was always just tobacco and, and cannabis. And I'm digging deep, this is, this is a story you guys want to hear a story. This is the, the details of it. So there I was. I left Taylor's mom and dad's house and I walked down this road and I've shared this story, but not in this detail. I remember I was wearing a gong show hockey hoodie that was ultra thin. I had my my jail shoes on, the slip-ons, because, you know, I didn't have any other ones and hell, I wanted to go back there anyways. And, uh, I remember I told Taylor I was leaving. I'm like, ah, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go steal a car. Or I'm gonna go do whatever. Man, was I lost. But I was like a month clean, right? And during that month up until this time, I had just been laying on the couch, feeling like crap, not doing anything. So I went out this night with this big plan, you know, and uh i walked down the street taylor's parents house lived in the middle of nowhere in muskoka in utterson and um it was a long walk down a dirt road and then down another dirt road until you get to the the 141 highway in muskoka desolate little highway and uh i remember i got to the highway as soon as i hit the highway it was a beautiful night out. It was cold. Man, was it cold and I was underdressed. but It was beautiful out. There were stars. Never seen so many stars in my life. It's dark up there, right? On my way down there, you know, I'm thinking like somebody around here has got to have their keys in their car. You just go take their car and then I can go do whatever I want. That's where I was at in my life. And that's what I would, where I was at way prior to this. That was all I all I knew. That's all I thought I could be. I knew it wasn't me, but I was playing this role of now the jail guy, you know, being the cool guy in jail, being the tough guy, being the this, being the that. I had no idea who I was. So I hit this highway. And I start walking down this highway, thinking to myself that hey, it's a pretty quiet area. People have big properties. There's got to be a car like I just told you. Started so walking down this highway and instantaneously something comes over me and this was my spiritual awakening. Something came over me and I started having a, this, this conversation with myself because you have to remember I was, a, I was a, like a month clean on methadone but a month clean and um, <laughs> start having this conversation with myself, like uncontrollably beautiful starry night. And all of a sudden this voice, my voice, what the fuck are you doing right now? Are you, you're actually, you're going to go steal. You're going to go steal a car. I'm, I'm looking up, like at the sky like this. You're going to go steal a car and you're going to do what? Like you want to go back to jail? Like who are you? Who are you? I couldn't answer that question, but it was like as if somebody was right there and said to me, Brady, just turn around, go back home, and your life will become better than you ever thought imaginable. I didn't even question it. For the first time in my life, I listened to my intuition, to my heart, to my spirit, to whatever that was. You can call me crazy, but this is a true story. There's one thing I don't do. I do not lie. And so I went home and I remember I get back there and Taylor was begging me not to go. Like, don't go, don't go. What the hell are you doing? And I remember I walked through that door. And... Uh, She's like, what happened? What happened? Nothing. I gave her a hug and said something like, I'm going to do better. She had uh, recently pregnant and I wasn't going to (laughs) be, wasn't going to lose another kid to my addiction, to my own demons in which I was responsible to take control of not responsible for what happened to me as a five-year-old, but as a 32-year-old man like I was at the time, it was my responsibility to take ownership in my life. I didn't know what my life was going to look like. Two days after that, I believe it was, or a week, maybe, I'm kind of spotty with the days there, forgive me, but shortly after that, was when I went back on skates for the first time. I could probably pull up the video and find out when that was. And it was there when I was skating that I got the idea to start a podcast. And I remember, you know, within, within the A day or two of me having this idea of creating this podcast, which I had no idea how to do or what it entailed or anything. It was just one of my ideas. It was like, "Ah, well, we'll figure it out. Let's go. But it was getting on the ice again. And this idea came over me, this out of nowhere. I'd never thought about it. Yeah, you're going to start a podcast. (laughs) And so that's what I did. I started to listen to myself, give myself a chance and to believe in myself, even though I was so down, so lost. I had to believe in myself. I had to believe in something. I had to take a chance. And that's what I did. And taking that chance was the greatest thing that I've ever done in my life, maybe my greatest accomplishment. Furthermore, remaining accountable and following through and committed and becoming a man maybe trumps that. But without starting this podcast, I'm just not here. And I say that because the friendships, the relationships, the people, the community, my now best friends who I didn't know before starting this podcast. Man, am I lucky. Thank you to everybody out there. Thank you to, thank you to Taylor for for getting me out of jail bringing me from the clinker because if I don't do if she doesn't do that I'm still in jail I'm still in jail and uh, I had some pretty serious charges when I got out on bail but because I turned my life around the court system threw those charges out that could have put me away for five to seven years for trafficking So without her doing that, none of this is possible, number one. Also, thank you to Matt Thompson, who, uh, who called me, and a lot of people know this story. You're going to continue to hear this story. But he called me after my first or second episode ever, so just about two years ago now. And he called me and out of the blue, got my number off my podcast page. It's not there anymore, I don't think, by the way. And he said, hey, is this Brady from Hockey to Heroin? And I'm like, yeah, this is Brady. Like, at this time, nobody was calling me. My phone didn't ring. If people were calling me, it was from people from my old life. Looking for drugs or misery, whatever you want to call it. And he called me and So I just listened to your podcast. I have no idea how I found it. I know how he found it. I added him on Facebook and sent it to him because his picture was a hockey player. (laughs) And uh, he's like, I had to call you. I had to call you. I'm getting FaceTimed right now. I'm literally in the middle of a podcast, Taylor. Um, Matt called me and said I had to call you and I'm going to turn the music off for this I feel like I just listened to my best friend Matthew Lozinski, but it was you Matthew Lisinski is no longer here and No, I didn't know Matthew Leszczynski, but he was the same age as myself. Matt is the same age. We're all born in 1987. This was one of his best friends who was a a draft pick of the Sioux Greyhounds, played in the Ontario Hockey League, was a second-round pick, was a highly touted uh, player coming to the Ontario Hockey League. He shared a story with me about how he got injured in junior and prescribed uh, some painkillers, and that led him to a life of hell. He ended up in jail, losing everything, and eventually losing his life in 2017 to an overdose. And in that moment, that was the first a player that I had heard of that that had died of fentanyl overdose and fentanyl was my drug of choice. And it uh, just about claimed my life numerous, numerous times. And, um, it just rocked me to my core. It it really made me wake up. And I kind of knew in that moment that, you know, I wanted to do something. And, And in that first conversation, Matt and I became best friends. We became brothers. And since then, um, the two of us, you know, I don't talk to anybody more than I talk to him. I talk to him multiple times throughout the day, every single day. Um, and from there, I, I found out about Mitch Fadden. And when I found out about Mitch, Matt was the first person I told other than Taylor, who was standing there with me when I got the phone call. I called Matt and I said, you're never going to believe this. And I told him about my friend, former WHL all-star draft pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Mitch Fadden. That he too had passed away a fentanyl overdose just two weeks apart from Matthew Lazinski in the same year. We made a pretty conscious decision right then and there that, you know, two was one was too many, two was way way too much, and um, the the idea of puck support was born. And obviously, it's it's evolved quite a bit and still has a long ways to go. But without Matt making that phone call, it, it doesn't kick me into gear. Um, into to really doing this and having that that friendship that 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 real friendship that honestly up until that point i I really didn't have certainly not since i was a kid but even then right um this is a guy that that i just could count on and rely on and just was so grateful to have him in my life and you know, he's checking on me came up and met me and did all this stuff we're building the studio at one point that never got finished because i had to move but um just want to give a special shout-out to Matt Thompson because without him making that phone call today, uh, or sorry, just about two years ago, I don't know where I am today. Um, I'm not sure if puck support is a thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just uh, have so much gratitude for that guy and his family. Uh, I could talk about it all day, but that's how it that's how it started. So, anyways, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. My voice is all crackly. People out there. Something's holding you back. The time is now to take the power back in your life. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a past trauma. Something. If there's something. And you know what? It doesn't have to be this on an outsider's perspective anyways this massive trauma that people are shocked by or don't minimize the stuff that you've gone through because you maybe think that it's not that big of a deal do not minimize that if you feel it i highly encourage you to let that out I want to share this acronym that i've been thrown around lately Have, do you have it? You're going to see this on a t-shirt pretty soon. Do you have it? Honesty, accountability, vulnerability. You want to add an S on that? Haves just doesn't sound as good, but the S is support. Haves, do you have it? Honesty, accountability, vulnerability, and support. If you do not have those four things, at least when I didn't have those four things, nothing was gonna change. Was it scary as hell? You're damn right it was. You're damn right it was. But you wanna know what? The way I was living was way scarier. I just didn't even realize it at the time Many times I shot up fentanyl, not even caring how much was in it, not even caring what might happen. Just want to feel not like this for years and years and years. Because I didn't have the confidence or the belief in myself to face this stuff. What I came to find out was that, wow, That little five-year-old boy who was sexually abused is way fucking stronger than he ever knew.
0: We all are. We all are.
1: Start believing that. I am no stronger than anybody out there. I don't have any more than inside me than any one of you. Just need to find our way back. And I'm so grateful that I'm continually finding my way back and not just back. I have a whole new life. That is honestly a dream. I struggle every single day. I still make mistakes. I don't even strive to be perfect. I just strive to be better than I was yesterday. Perfection is a myth. I'm done trying to be perfect. I embrace my mistakes. I embrace my faults, my flaws, my character defects. I acknowledge them, become accountable for them. I say sorry and and not just say sorry for the sake of sorry where I need to. And every single night I can put my head on the pillow and be okay with who I am today. And that's been the most freeing experience of my entire life. I love you all. I am eternally grateful to everybody out there who supported this journey two years ago today. I can't believe it. I sat in that car. Oh man. It's been a it's been a ride. We're not even a quarter way up that first hill yet. And I don't think I don't want to see any so much of this. We just climb, climb, climb. Click, 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 click all the way up the roller coaster. If you like my hoodie or anything from Puck Support, these are a couple new hats. We got Puck Support on the back, logo on the front. In case you didn't know, all of our stuff at Puck Support has an in-memory of a hockey player that's lost their battle to mental health and or addiction-related causes. Uh, this one is in memory of the the late Sean Mezzi, former Lethbridge Hurricane, a guy that I battled quite a bit on the ice just lost his battle um we're gonna dedicate an episode to him real soon here uh, sending prayers and love and condolences to to all of his family i've had the chance to talk to a couple of them it's just heartbreaking on the hoodie that's where they are on the shirts they're on the inside that's very potomsky rest in peace buddy we have 72 players in our database right now who have either taken their own life or died of overdose. Many of them you can see behind me. That's a small fraction of them. Some you've maybe seen the never forget picture on the puck support page. I'm currently working on a new one, um, to include all of them. I think it's very important and to make sure everybody knows who they are in what order left to write all of that. We're working on a new website. I shouldn't say we I'm not vs group is working on a new website um for the charity which is the nonprofit. it will be launched soon working on a charitable status i'm so excited to share it with all of you guys we are so excited to share it with all of you guys and um it's a it's a dream um it's awful to know people are struggling but it feels pretty damn good to know that there's a, a a great team of people who are contributing to the solution and I just get to be a small part of it with Puck Support. Shout out Stuart Smith out there in Abbotsford. I know you're watching. I love you, pal. I love you, pal. So much. He is the chair of the board for the Puck Support charity. He commented earlier, but I didn't get to it. Thanks for watching, Stuart. Thanks for everything you've done for me. We'll go through a couple comments before I sign off. My guy, Donnie Hart, watching. From the Hungry for Hope podcast, check that out, former pro wrestler. Let's go, you demand man, Brady. I feel the same way about you, man. David Carlson, there he is. Hello, two years, well done. Thank you, David. Tammy watching down there in Michigan. Love you, Tammy. Thank you for all the support. Josh Balderson couldn't be here in person tonight behind the scenes. He's down with the vid. Feel better? two years on the way to a lifetime of helping. Thank you, Josh. Also, Josh, thank you for the picture that we're going to see at the end of the show. You got it done quick time in the middle of the show. I've already got it uploaded. Thank you. Check them out. Josh Balderson, filmmaker on Instagram. Nadine Larco, sister of the late Curtis Larko, a former hockey player who has also lost his life tragically to overdose and, uh, Curtis is in the new picture and uh, definitely in our database, Nadine. And uh, thank you for all the support. And just so sorry for your loss of your brother. We're going to make sure he's remembered over here at Puck Support. My friend Ashley, down there in Kentucky. Glad to be listening today. What's up, Ashley? Uh, Ashley's actually coming up here to visit me very soon. Um, her and her dog are coming up. And uh, Ashley's a a hockey player. She's a goalie. We don't hold that against her. But um, can't wait to meet you in person, Ash. Got so much love and gratitude in my heart for you. I'm proud of you. And uh, can't wait for you to get up here in Muskoka. Meet the family. Meet everybody. Meet Susan. Meet Doug and everybody around. I can't wait to show you around. Just going through the final comments. Michelle Alt watching from Morrisburg, Ontario, home of Matt Thompson. Congrats on two years. Proud of your accomplishment. Truly blessed and happy you've come into my life. You've helped me more than you can ever know. Thank you for your kind words, Michelle. I echo those words right back at you. And uh, thank you. She came out to watch my first hockey game when I got jumped in warm-up. If you haven't heard that story, it's on another show. Go find it. But she saw it all come down. 10 years, no playing hockey. I'm coming to watch you play, Brady, and I didn't even make it out a warm-up. Ashley Palazzo, girlfriend of my childhood best friend, Connor Didman. Congrats, Brady, on two years. Thank you, Ashley. Hello to you and Connor. Andrea Bellows, bravo to you, Brady. Thank you, Andrea. Hello to you out there in Newfoundland. I really want to get out to Newfoundland. That place is calling me, calling me. Danny, James, Cassidy, all the way in the Philippines, my old skills coach and mentor. What's going on, buddy? Thank you for watching. It also says, we believe in you, Brady. Thank you, Danny. Christian Benoit watching. Thank you for watching. Michelle Miner sitting there with Tom. Maybe Lindsay's watching too. Haley, Harper, Ainsley, Jack. Zach, love you all, I love you all, thank you. I'm coming down there to fish with you soon, Tom, you better believe it, I'm gonna go get my license and then I'm gonna come catch some fish, then you're gonna smoke some fish for me and we're gonna feast, how does that sound? I love you guys. Rick Sterling watching up there near Ottawa. What's up Rick? Charlie, thank you for the kind words. Puck support up. Let's go. Puck support family rocks. Love that. Have honesty, accountability, vulnerability. Anyways, that's it. It's enough talking for me. I know I'm missing stuff. If you're struggling and you need a little extra help, maybe you don't have access to support around you directly. Uh, maybe you just need an extra tool for your toolbox. Go download the Sober Buddy app. My Sober Buddy on the App Store, uh, on Google Play. Is that the Android one? I'm an, I'm an Apple guy. Uh, the App Stores, let's say, um, My Sober Buddy. It's uh, it's an awesome tool to have if you're in recovery. It keeps track of clean and sober time and gives you daily challenges and keeps up on you. There's a cute little bot in there. Uh, I use it, it's now a part of my daily life. Shout out to the people at Sober is Cool over there on Facebook, my guy Brad. Uh, but yes, go if you're struggling. Why not? What do you got to lose? Add this tool to your toolbox, Sober Buddy, my Sober Buddy in the app stores. What else? Puck Support, PuckSupport.com, promo code HOPE. It'll save you 15% off your next order. And uh, yeah, we just really appreciate everybody's support through Puck Support. It's It's been a crazy ride. Happy to say that my buddy Doug is now on the press a lot of the time. So it's relieved uh, some of the stress from my life. So thank you to Doug. Thank you to Susan upstairs. I'm not sure if she's home yet. She was at her grandson's hockey game, but thank you to Susan for allowing me to essentially take over her entire basement. Um, Not just that, but uh, she's treated me like a son and um, I'm just very, very lucky to have her uh, in my life um, to have her uh, here and You know, she's so helpful with puck support uh, in so many ways and in every way. She really is my Muskoka mom and uh, a mom to many uh, over the years. So, thank you to Susan Cook um, in her house right now. This is where it all happens. And um, we met on social media just over a year ago, and she moved me in and, and took all this on, never even batted an eye. So, Susan. Thank you, thank you. You got that right, Stuart. Anyways, that's enough, that's enough. Thank you all for watching. If you're watching on Facebook, please share it with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, please press that like button, the subscribe button, turn on the notification, share it with your friends. I don't have the money right now to pay for marketing. Hopefully that all changes soon, but at the end of the day, I really like things to just happen organically. If you if you like it, I'm not trying to force this on people. Um, but having the conversations, letting people know about this podcast, and more importantly about puck support, it really goes a long ways. Um, people ask how they can how they can help. Right now, the way you can help is by by spreading the word, boots on the ground. Do you want to get some flyers? We can help you with that. Just super grateful for everybody's willingness to want to be involved and in, 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 and be a part of. There's going to be a time when everybody can play a huge part of puck support. And I'm so excited for that. I really believe it has the capacity to not just save lives, but make a significant change in the world, certainly in the space of hockey. And I really believe way beyond hockey. It's going to be an, a very fun ride. It's all, you know, it's serious stuff we're talking about. But if we're not able to have fun through it, obviously there's going to be hard times, but if we're not able to have fun through it, then what's the point? Then what's the point? Shout out to my family back there in BC. I love you. See you guys soon. I promise you that. I see you soon. Thank you to Riley Cote. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Be kind. Stay grateful. And remember, have a great day if you so choose.
2: I'm grateful, oh, yeah, able, oh, yeah, I'm stable, oh, yeah, no label,
1: oh, yeah, you know me, I have only I'm lonely, but damn, I'm going I don't want no fake love I want the real stuff Everybody listen up, cause I'll only Say it once, I'm gonna show you all the Path, if you want it bad I'm gonna show you every side, yeah How you can get it back, yeah, cause I Ain't never done, I'll be number One, working hella hard Until I get just what I want, yeah rises like the sun, yeah, Fade like a gun, shooters gonna Shoot in I'm gonna shoot until yeah. I want Always yeah. do it but up,
2: I'm stable, oh yeah, able, oh yeah, I'm stable, oh yeah, no play oh yeah, you know me, I have only a best, I'm lonely, but damn, I'm going to win.